Say hi to Mills. It's a little podcast I'm on. Whoa. Little podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're just like chumps. They're just like chumps who just like run. They just run the. Yeah. They just run the country and they just argue every Wednesday. And we're just supposed to watch it for entertainment. Brixton, we've now got a Leon and Itsu. Yeah. What the bollocks, bruv? Well, I thought that was what the cool thing would be about working in the constituency. But at the end of the day, like, n no one agreed with me then because they were all bastards. As you guys can tell, I can't stop smiling and laughing right now. But welcome back to another episode of God's Best Kids podcast. I'm here, usual suspect, Harrison. Bonjour. Say I'm beautiful. Lovely to be here. <laughs> Lovely to have you here again. And as you guys can see, I've been speaking to the streets lately. Oh my days. Listen, man, I've been speaking to the streets and they've been asking me, they've been begging me. Oh man, get get this guy on. Get get these guys on, man. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll deliver. So I was only able to get half the Chuckle Brothers. But welcome to The other Ish one's still sleeping. I should do it in his room as a punishment. <laughs> Ish, welcome to the pod, man. Thank you very much. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> It has. I'm excited, bro. Watched quite a few episodes, so I'm, I think I'm ready. Yeah, man. You're sending messages as well. He's a, he's a good fan of the good fan and friend yeah. of the pod. Uh, yeah, there might be one more, there might be one more like on every post now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. All right, let's get let's get straight into it, man. So basically, ish podcast was ori originally. Uh, Self-development, self-improvement type of pod, you know? Talk about ourselves. Nice and wholesome. Huh? Nice and wholesome. Yeah, man. That's what it started out to be. Kind of deviated from that a bit, but I think that's that still remains at our core, it's fair to say. Yeah. So, like, what does that mean to you, self-development? Yeah, I feel like it can obviously mean a lot of things, and I think it's so important, especially at uni, you know? Mm. You have something you're working towards, something you're doing just outside and, like, the daily structure of, like, you walk through the library, everyone's a robot these days, man. Yeah. I feel like, except for football at the moment, I've taken that form up in terms of exercise. And like, you know, you obviously you were talking about Lent and not eating sweets and chocolate and stuff. Yeah, I've, yeah. Tried to, I've tried to basically do that as well. Not through Lent, but just like yeah. to do that kind of thing, go gym every day. <laughs> Me and Mill and Jake were banging protein yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> just that kind of shit. It's just nice. Do you know what I mean? Going gym, like feeling healthy and happy. I yeah. feel like there's a lot of different ways to like, if you like engulf yourself in a series or something, doing this, just like ways to be creative. Yeah. Just like chill out a little bit. Yeah, that's good, man. Maybe Harry, you didn't know this, but Ish took part in uh, boxing, in boxing like last year. Yeah. Tell us, yeah, tell us about that period. So obviously like, um, I heard you guys on the last pod talking about this, or one of the last pods anyway, about fight night and stuff. That's where you went to it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, like I did fight night last year. It's a fucking mad experience. I can't lie. Um, I was literally talking about it yesterday because me and Emil were actually at the gym and we were doing planks for like forty-five seconds. I was telling him a story of when this guy who was basically training us was crazy. He was an amazing fighter. He's like an ex-Olympic champion or something in Moss Side. But boy, his his challenges were hard. We had to do a plank for five minutes straight, and if anyone messed up, one person, you have to redo the whole thing. So we're doing this for 45 minutes, I'm throwing up, it's nuts, but it's so rewarding, like genuinely so rewarding. And you learn a discipline in, in fighting that you would not otherwise learn. And then luckily enough, I managed to get the win in that fight. I had like 30 other boys down from home, so it was just fucking one of them crazy nights. Like it will live, 
probably the best night of my uni experience. I can't lie. Yeah, I bet. Just, yeah, I had like Rab John, you know, Rab John's from the football team. Yeah, yeah. On the same night, so we got to train together and stuff. And it was just, yeah, it was a really nice experience. Fucking crazy and tough, but I've never been in better shape than after that. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've seen you let yourself go recently. I saw you were top off. Joking, bro. <laughs> You'll see next week. I'm still sharp, me and Sarge. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, we're playing you boys soon. I, I didn't know you that them times that well, mm -hmm. but, like, I obviously saw, and it looked like you committed a lot. And then oh. your friends ran into the ring, right? Oh, my friend, yeah, a lot of them, like, tried. Where the fight can start for, like, two, three minutes because all these nutters were trying to, like, jump in the ring, shout abuse, and the guy I was fighting just happened to live opposite me. So oh, um, before the fight started, I had, like, obviously all my uni lot, Everyone was dressed up in suits and dresses and whatnot. And um, I had all my uni lot there, all my home lot there. We we're having a massive, like, sort of barbecue thing outside the front. Tunes banging, great vibes. Yeah. There must be, like, 30, 40 of us. And then opposite, he had exactly the same thing going on with all his Gs. <laughs> and, like, oh, after a few beers, my lot started getting a bit rowdy and it started, like, going to and fro. And then his dad actually came up to me and he was like, I'm going to drive you to the hospital after this. <laughs> Afterwards, I was like, who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> Nah, but yeah, it was it was good, man. And he's a good, he's a nice boy as well. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd sparred him before, and like I chilled with him a little bit after, and he's a nice boy. And um, I was just lucky that night, I think. Nah, so yeah, fancy your hard work, man. Give yourself some more credit. But that's yeah. I love that fighting talk, man. Like, it's a mad yeah. thing though, like the idea of like if you look at like the psychology of people and boxing, like mm. before fight night, I you know as you know, like obviously I chill with my this immediate group at uni quite a lot, but I don't like necessarily go out there I don't like obviously I know a lot of people from football and stuff but I kind of often stick to my original group but oh. after fight night it was like I swear to god like all I did was basically it's like it's barbaric I just knocked this guy out and like people lorded over you for like a month it's all people would speak to you about it's crazy yeah. like it's, it's a weird thing but I would highly recommend it for sure if you if either of you are ever thinking of getting fit doing some exercise and learning mad discipline boxing is a good way to do it like I've always wanted to, but I, I think I think it's like I don't know what it is. I think it's almost that borderline anxiety of something new that you're not sure about. Like yeah, I had that as well, bro. I literally signed up. I signed up for it on um. I signed up for it on my train home to 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 London in the Christmas holidays. I literally just signed up. I didn't even give it a second thought. And then I was just in the Peak District of my uni house like two months later and I just got this notification on my phone saying, you're fighting Hugo Barsley, the next door neighbour. And I was literally like, what? And then I was like, yeah, I've got to drop out. I've got to drop out. I've never, I've never had a boxing fight in my life. And then I was like, actually, fuck it. Like, I can throw myself into something new yeah. and I'm happy I ended up doing it. But yeah, I know exactly what you mean. The initial anxiety, I was genuinely like, it was like entering a new world almost. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and it engulfs a lot of your time. Like I was training with my friend outside like two, three times a week, plus going to all their sessions. Like you really have to change your lifestyle. But with new things, you often love them. There's so many things like, what if you'd never watched a sport, like a football or a rugby game or something in your life? And you yeah. think, oh, am I, I wish I, am I, do I want to do this? Do I want to waste my time? And then you end up loving it. Like you got to try things in life. You know what I mean? I feel like that's what I did with this podcast, man. Like, yeah. Like chatting to people. Exactly. I think I'm very, I can't, like, chatting to new people comes easy to me, like, in person. But I feel like over the screen, especially on, like, YouTube, big platform, I know the big platform we have as well. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, like, I'm glad that I started this. Like, we started this. Yeah. It's a nice little thing you guys have got. Yeah. 
Or we talk about, I talk about, I told all my friends I was going on the pod, I told all the girls at Busy last night and everyone was just like, it is just a nice thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Like you're just chatting with your mate, you're talking about things you enjoy, like yeah. you're learning new things every day. Like I'm jealous that we, maybe the AC boy is going to have to start a rival company or something. <laughs> Listen, mate, you can, you can be the peers to our uh, Ray Star Royco or whatever. Oh, blimey. <laughs> <laughs> nah. When's the shareholder meeting then? <laughs> Harry, you guys both watching succession. succession. Nah, I'm telling this guy to start, man. Oh, bro, you got to start. You'll love it. It's hard not to love. I mean, nah, I, you'll love it. I think, I think I might in the next week, maybe if I'm lucky. I genuinely think you'll really enjoy it. Like, it's a fucking mad show. Like, the concepts are really crazy. Brother, I just watched. I just caught up to you, like series really? four, episode three. Where the oh my goodness, the dip. Wow, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it is mad, and I just think like that is so. It's so realistic though. Like oh, it's fucking crazy. Even their reactions after are incredible. Like the acting is obviously like next level, but also like the concept of like I won't I won't hear out any spoilers. Yeah, but what I will say is that fucking hell, like how real life it is and how they're so business business orientated at all times is really yeah. crazy, crazy. Like I couldn't even imagine thinking like that. But I was thinking that, like like going to weddings, your brother's wedding, your mum's wedding. It's not it's not even a holiday. It's, it's no time for rest. It's not even a social, it's nothing. It's literally just like a chance to flaunt the company like Yeah. It's weird man. Well, yeah. Like because I've I've had a debate about a film with this and obviously it's you're not a single man. From what yeah. I hear, um, Young says he would never watch, like, be able to watch a show with his other half. Like, if if he just wants really? to watch it on his own, he'd just like do it. So I can't like with my ex. Uh, we watched um, like we watched like, the Wire together, which is like five seasons long and like a mad intense show. Like, it really takes out of you. And then we also watched the first few seasons of Succession together. Now. To be honest, now with, with Biz, I, I still just watch, I do watch things with her. I don't find it too hard, like, um, because, of, but to be fair, we spend quite a lot of time together. But also because, you know, I do think it's like sharing an experience with someone. I bear, I bear enjoy watching these shows as well. So I would like, I'm more, I'm happy to like, it's not just with her though. Like, I watch a lot of things with Jake. Like, I basically just feel like I'm watching it for myself and I'm gaining my own things from it. But like, sometimes it's just nicer to have someone there watching it with you. Like, do you know what I mean? No, I completely see. I completely agree with that. Whereas this man's like, nah. If I had an other half, like, if we're watching something together and they're not home one night, doesn't he matter. does? It's Joe Barnes, and he never waits. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you really have to say his government like that. But no, seriously, like, I def no, I buy into that. I hear that. No, it's not as cutthroat as what you just described it as, Harry. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh fuck it. <laughs> like, it's no, not I as cutthroat as that. But like, I'm just saying. Clear. Huh? I think there's a clip somewhere that will do me justice more than you. Yeah. I'm not denying it, like, yeah, but it's not as cutthroat as that. What I'm saying is, if I've had a long day at uni, and like, I don't know, I want to watch an episode of Succession, I will just like text text her. Uh, I can't lie, I'm just gonna watch an episode just because like I want to. Like, I I, I hear like watching it. I I hear like sharing the experience because I've enjoyed doing that with um. Ted and Joe with succession, but like especially if we're like not in the same places at the same time, like we went home for Easter and stuff like that, and like 
you hear that. It's hard when you're bare and when you're right in the middle of something, it's hard to wait. Like, yeah. But so like Jake, for example, because I've watched, uh, so me and Jake watched The Sopranos together and I'd already seen it before. And like, if there was a night I was at Busy's or something or I was doing something else, like Jake would never wait. And I understood why, because like, he's like, listen, I'm in fucking engripped in the show. Like, I love watching it yeah, together yeah, yeah. at the same time. I fucking need to know what happens next. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah, literally yeah. sitting here itching, not that like, we can't wait, can't have to wait a week for every succession. Like, it is hard to wait. Like, it's fair, it's fair. like if you've watched it before as well, like, I think that's different. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, yeah, that's so true, to be fair. But I try to feel like, because I love them so much, these shows, like, why successions, finals, and stuff. I basically try to. I try to act like I haven't seen them before. Like, I'll try and... I feel like even if I get a spoiler, I'll just take, like, different parts of cinematography that I've picked up or different storylines or, like, different styles of acting and, like, basically try and, like, understand, like, why the director would do this because I feel like watching something more than once does just give you, like, a mad, like... Just gives you, like, a mad, like, insight into what they're actually doing and what's going on behind the scenes. And because I love love, love film and TV, like, I think I want to do that in my later life. I feel like it's like beneficial to try and do that. Whereas like a lot of people around me who are watching it, just watching it because they fucking love it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know if either of you have ever watched Archer. No, but I've heard it. I have heard. Like if if I, I, I've probably watched it through like seven times now. And every yeah, time I watch it, like you, you, you see how like little things are put throughout a story that you didn't see before. Mm. And it just, and I'm sure there are plenty <laughs> of TV shows like that. And it's just really cool to just see it all come together. Yeah, it really is. It's so true. Also, like, it feels like it's worth it. As soon as you pick up on one little thing, even if it's in, like, a two-hour episode, you just feel like now your experience changed a little bit. Like, it's just a bit nicer. It's like when you rewatch the film and watch all the, like, you see all the foreshadowing and you're like, oh, well, obviously that's going to happen now. Yeah, like... yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. I've got a question. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, obviously at uni, I feel like you're in a lot of leadership roles. A lot yeah. of stuff out there a lot where's that come from have you always been uh, like this outgoing confident well I think like I've always been confident by nature I guess um you know I was obviously being captain of the football team now and like um I'd say that like uh, I'm now like as I've gone on from uni I've like scattered myself into quite a few friendship groups which is nice and um uh I feel like naturally being loud is like you're not trying to you're not trying to like dominate but it's like, for example, it's like me you joe jamal all together in front of all the medics and we're just shouting do you know what i mean like laughing like i think that just like carries a certain something with it um you know i'm a teacher at home i teach like a class of like six to eight year olds from my local estate i've had them for like i've had them for like three years now and i feel like you need to be a leader to be able to deal yeah. with those wrongs and i love them with all my heart like I spend literally every holiday with them. Like I take them all over London, school trips and stuff. They wouldn't be able to get to go on otherwise. Like it is literally just me and them a lot of the time because like there's like six, seven classes within this, like within this massive camp. But my specific class, I've just stayed with the whole time. And like, I'm generally really close to a lot of them and their parents, but um, it's hard. Like you need to have authority to be able to take 20 kids who are seven who've never been to Chesington before and control them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like in the last few years, since I've had that job since just before I came to uni. So I feel like in the last few years, that's like grown me up quite a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I feel like at school, it was just the same kind of thing. I've just like always been, um, I've always just been quite like, I don't know, like maybe because I like sport. I've always tried to be like a leader on the pitch. And obviously like that often doesn't come across in the best ways but giving verbal, shouting at the ref and whatnot. 
but yeah, like I think like I think that just translates into life a little bit, and I feel like not now I'm in my second long term relationship, so I think that's matured me quite a lot as a person, and um, yeah, I feel like I've just become a bit more grounded. I used to be excited, do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I feel like everyone's getting a bit older now, though. Do you know what I mean? Like we're all just quite chilled, and like I feel like we're quite like content in ourselves. And yeah. like, I feel like a bit more active. Like in first year, for example, I'm sure like you wouldn't have had the idea of doing the pod in the same way. No. We're like we're a bit more like mm-hmm. open-minded to everything and like a bit more like we're developing now and like we're at the next stage. Like it was my boy Gardner's birthday yesterday, right? My friend from school okay. who also goes to this uni, yeah. Who goes to his this the ghost this uni and Gardner's like a crackhead. Like in the last few years, we've just fucking, do you know what I mean? We've got fucked up, we've done things. Yesterday we literally just had a little barbecue at his and went to the pub for one and just chilled and chatted for the evening. And like, it just made me realize Gardner was like, fucking hell, like, I wish it wasn't Friday tomorrow. And this, it just made me realize we're all like, we're kind of like, we're in our last few months. I'm, I'm not sure about you, H, I don't know if you finish uni or not. Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, so like, we're kind of all getting to that stage now, just like the next stage of our lives where we're waking up at 8.30 and doing podcasts. Like, in first year, I would never have been awake till like one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it just makes us more responsible as people. And therefore, maybe I can like try and show off my better qualities better and like be like a leader in some ways, but like in the right ways. Do you know what I mean? Good uh, to others. It, I think. What's it like working with like six to seven year olds? Like, how you, are you a patient guy? You're quite patient. Yeah, to be fair, to be fair, I I, I am. Uh, I, I'm more than you'd think. I think uh, obviously I can be impatient at times, basically with the AC team. <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah, with these kids, I am like they're they they've come from a lot. Do you know what I mean? And like, obviously, like I'm a very political person. Um, maybe that's another because obviously I was the because I was like youth MP in my local constituency when I was like 16. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I was like I used to like I used to like um, uh, have like monthly meetings with like the, this this like the Labour board and um, my local MP and try and like um, change things in my constituency, which is just so fucked up at the moment with gentrification and. Um, homelessness and everything and like obviously I just love politics and obviously I was inspired by Corbynism which came at that time so um for me I feel like teaching these kids is the way I can give back like when we're at uni I love it so much and like I'm we're all lucky enough I feel like I can't I don't want to assume for you guys but I'm, I'm lucky enough to come from like a middle class background like um I've like do you know what I mean? I've like surrounded myself with people who are kind of similar to me in a way, but I want to give back to those who have less. And I think one of the best ways for me to do that personally is teach these kids because they yeah. don't have anything. Like I make all their meals every day. Do you know what I mean? Like at lunchtime, like, um, but they're just like fucking nice kids. Like I did it for a year at first and I, did, I didn't really know because you don't really get paid. So, but I, it's like a nine to five for like eight, nine weeks every holiday. But like the more you do it, all I'm doing, yeah, is just fucking messing around with these kids who I love going to flipping obstacle courses, thought park, miss literally the head of the camp caught me yesterday. One, I had two kids, one either side of my arm, just charging at another kid. Like I just like try to be one. I just basically be one of them. I like act how I would around you guys just with, flipping, with the kids. Do you know what I mean? And like, it's a really nice thing. And you get, it's obviously you get responsibility on one side, but you're also just like, it's just fun. I'm just yeah. getting outside yeah. of there, especially when it's sunny and I'm just, I just enjoy it. Like, um, and yeah, they're fucking, they're jokers, man. They're, I could list you a thousand funny stories about these kids, but we'd be here all day, but they're just really nice. They're just nice and they're good. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's funny, like, um, my brothers obviously are very young and then every time I go home, I'm not, I'm not sure how often you see these, well, you said every holiday, but 
they just grow up so much, man, and they're like just closer to you. It's, it's so weird, like it's um, astonishing to me, like. They're literally like when I first got them and they were six. So I wasn't so I obviously kids are kids. Like they chat to anything. So like within a few weeks, I was obviously very close with them. But like my first day, I felt a bit like Jesus. How am I gonna deal with these guys? But now after three years, it's literally just like second nature to me. Like yeah. it'll just be like I can play pranks on them. I'll literally all of a sudden just go bipolar and I'll literally be like, <gasps> you can't say that. You can't after joking around them all day, just trick them. So standing against the wall, they'll be like, uh, do you know what I mean? Just like I can imagine. Yeah, so like it's a fight. Obviously, there's a fine line because I mess around yeah, them so much. My authority is a little bit like I have authority over them. But if we're in the middle of a public place and one of them literally starts like putting their middle finger up or something, which they all do, like one of them the other day asked me where cocaine's from. <laughs> <That's just sad. laughs> so you know, it's a little bit like techie in some senses. But how did you even answer that? I just laughed and was like, "You asked too many questions." <laughs> um, but yeah, it is nice, and um, it, I feel like it's grown me up as a person so much to be able to like, cause it makes you realize like we're so lucky. Do you know what I mean? To even yeah. like, like when I went to Morocco with all the, you know, all the boys, oh, yeah. you know, um, like uh, again, it was just another experience where I was like, gee, like we're so lucky to have grown up where we have and like in this kind of environment and like that our biggest worry is like what we're gonna, you know, what we're gonna eat for dinner or what we're gonna, or what we're gonna do tonight or like, is our family member okay? Do you know what I mean? It's something like that, but it's not like, oh, we're not, surviving we're not struggling to survive like yeah. like out there like although we see it in england a little bit and the system is fucked up in england in in other countries for example like it's the suffering man i know you guys were speaking about the french in one of your yeah. last podcasts and i rated that bit so much because well we i wish we were more like the french man like we need obviously we always joke about them when we play football and whatnot save them in the war and all that bollocks but at the end of the day like uh at the end of the day, bruv, I really wish we were more like them in our mindset and our mannerisms. And they're struggling to survive right now. Do you know what I mean? That bill got passed through um, their parliament as well. Like, it's been confirmed. So I saw in terms of the rise in pension. It's like... It's literally a disgrace. Like, ours is over 70, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, I feel like... It's just so mad to me how these absolutely, like... They're just, like, chumps. They're just like chumps who just like run, they just run the yeah. they just run the country and they just argue every Wednesday. And we're just supposed to watch it for entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's crazy to me, man. It's like the world, it's really weird, isn't it? Like, and what's like, it like working with, on the youth camps? You said you had meetings with the board members. Yeah, I found what, it. What was that like? I found it difficult. Uh, that's why I only did it for a few, I did it for a few years, but I found it really difficult because, um, when I was first, when I first stood to be the youth, the youth, the, the youth constituent for Vauxhall, where I live in like the Brixton constituency, yeah. it was me versus, you have to be under 27 to do this, and I was 16, and the, there was a 27-year-old standing against me who didn't even show up, there's like 150 people in the room, yeah. and she won the first time round, simply because, even though she wasn't there, simply because they tell you who to vote for, it's completely split between like the right of Labour and the left of Labour, it's like Starmer versus Corbyn sort of thing. Right. And, um, you know, there's no in-between. And I won the second year because I think people started to realise, listen, it's ridiculous that 17-year-old is actually coming and being active is yeah. fighting a 27-year-old who hasn't done anything all year and hasn't even turned up. But, you know, at the end of the day, I found it so frustrating because anything, any view I did have would just be shut down straight away. There's a couple of people who are like-minded, but this, the, although it's Labour, the constituency is very right-wing. Like, um, right now, they're like, 
they're overseeing like the knocking down of a load of council estates. There's people homeless on the streets. There's people who can't afford to eat, heating and whatnot. And you've got £400,000 flats, one bed flats that are unoccupied because they've been bought by like some Abu Dhabi rich business owner. Like, why is the council letting that happen? Or like, they're like, they're shutting down loads of sections of Brixton Market. Or like, I, I did quite like a lot of in-depth um, speaking to a lot of like the local business owners in, when I was in my first year and in Gap Year who were having to shut down. Yeah. All because they've tripled the rents under the Brixton arches and they're just now building like a little waitrose. That made yeah. that make sense. We were talking a lot about uh, gentrification with, um, you, you live right near Peckham, right? So yeah, Ryan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're talking about with the new film, Rye Lane. And yeah, I haven't like... actually seen that, but Ellis and that told me to, I have to watch it. Yeah. Like, as I um, went to watch it and said it was amazing. Yeah, you should, because like round there, I used to go there, even though I'm not from that area, but when I was younger, me and my mum, my mum used to take me where we would have Pandidiam on like the market, where literally where Ryan yeah. Lane, like Peckham, right, train station. And then it's just like round it, it's just so much different to what I remember. Like, I think, yeah, you're right, the country's a bit fucked up because I remember it was, it was busting, it was like, it, yeah, it, there's so much energy there, so much culture there. There still is, don't get me wrong, but like, you're right. There's like it's, it's a lot of like, different ways. It's like Itsus and your Leons now. And, oh, and just, it's funny you I mean. say that. In Brixton, we've now got a Leon, and Itsu. Yeah. What are the bollocks, bruv? Like, what's wrong with, like, they shut down Bushman's Kitchen. It's the best, it's the best Jamaican shop. Me and my boys used to go there every week, maybe twice yeah. a week. They quadrupled the rent for him. Can't afford yeah. that. He's just like a guy yeah. on his own making food. It's just like... I feel yeah. like the soul is slowly being sucked out. And when you, I was speaking about it last night, actually, at this, um, there are a couple of girls from, uh, who are gardeners friends who happen to be doing their dissertations on this kind of thing, about gentrification yeah. and placements in Brexit. And I was trying to explain to them how, like, in my opinion, there's so much gentrification going on, but it's still real. At heart, it's still real. You need to find the right areas. And I just really yeah. hope that it's not slowly, slowly, like, um, like slipped away, basically. Yeah. I don't know where you're from, H. Are you from? Uh, are you from where else from as well? Are you guys? Yeah, yeah. We're... What's it like down there? I don't feel like I can speak on that because I'm quite fortunate where I live. Like I don't, I don't see anything. But um, yeah, I'm out. But that's still interesting because that's what one of the girls said last night. Um, she's from Hertfordshire originally, but she did have yeah. placement here in Brixton, and she was talking about how of a humbling experience it was. And my personal experience of Brixton humbling some days and crazy other days like yeah. you know every other day there's like a i live in like a nice i live in like a nice road in a nice house in brixton but it's mm -hmm. like 30 seconds away from the tube station but on my road every day crackheads come and smoke outside my door like my mum or step or everyone have to come kick them out or like uh you know people still like scourging and steal through the bins there's like crackheads fighting on the streets like and this is because they're desperate and because the council has neglected them so badly but at the same time i'm still completely in a bubble because like I still live in like a middle-class neighborhood and then I walk 30 seconds away and I'm just looking at my old, my, the council estate, which has been knocked down. And there's literally like a, like a segment of it left with people overcrowded right next to it. It's like a massive building with a co-op and a gym underneath of people who are not living there because no one can afford it. And it's just like, we're living in two worlds right now. I'm actually doing my dissertation on that. It's called like London as a divided city. Yeah, it is. It, mm. I, I always think of London as a dichotomy because like going through, literally anywhere in London, be it like West London, like Notting Hill, like there could be three million pound yards and then there's just a council state right next to it. It's like, I'm like, like, yeah. like it says, it's just a dichotomy. It's like, 
That's crazy. I was, yeah, I'm like, I wrote that in my dissertation. Like, London's so unique and it's dynamic and it's structural dynamic because uh, unlike New York and um, Paris and everything, where there's oh. like, you know, it's very centered, there's like lovely areas and then there's obviously like some more rougher areas. And um, London is just an anomaly like that. One street can literally be like fucking, uh, you know, or like where Busy lives, for example, like Busy lives in a nice house on a nice road opposite literally opposite is just the estate the next road along do you know what i mean and it's just such a weird dynamic looking out from one to the other it's crazy like it's crazy um i like that a lot though like you you can go through like a village and there'll be quite obvious council houses and then you know 37 yeah. the same road is like some mansion that costs like three million pounds it's... Yeah, it's so weird. That's in, so my auntie lives on the road. Like my auntie lives in Sussex and uh and in a little village, and it's exactly like that. And she, she is um they're on the same road, and it's it's fucking crazy. Like I always wonder how like because I haven't because because I haven't lived in a house like that. I wonder how it would be, I wonder how it would be the dynamic within the um within like the immediate neighbors. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it is it is crazy. Um, so if you, I just want to go back to like where it all started. Like you said. Obviously, you've got. Where did like the political love come from? It stem from? Was it like your parents or? or yeah, I think it was a, a mix of things. Um, in I don't know about in your schools, but my school never taught politics till A levels, and I think that just happened. It didn't take it at all. Yeah, like we had like a joint history and um politics department in sixth form, and um it got a bit bigger. There was two thousand people went to our school, hence why there's basic, hence why there's so many of them at Manchester. <laughs> But um, uh, so it meant we had like three, four politics classes and I just happened to be in one with like, you know, like Aslan and Emil and basically like a lot of my close friends. And um, I thought that was a recipe for disaster, knowing us lot. But in fact, it was just a recipe for like mad, interesting conversations. And um, uh, obviously like opening up our class, like the teacher was really cool. He's called Mr. McCrudden. And have you seen the University Challenge? Yeah. So, you know, Jeremy Paxman, his daughter was the other teacher. We had two. Oh, wow. Paxman, so they were really cool and they would like sit on the tables and open up debates and I yeah. feel like it was like the first time I've been in school where I was just sitting there and fucking enjoying the learning yeah. and I, at that time it was a time of like I think it was a bit revolutionary in England like obviously like we'd had a new Labour Labour leader in Corbyn and um, it felt just a bit different everything just felt a bit different I felt like I just was like 16 I was starting to grow up now yeah. um, and my mum and stepdad to be fair are very political they um they make films okay and the last three films they've made have all been about social inequality like one's about um one's about warehouses and like pick pickers and how hard it is to work and it was actually the story that i actually worked on it for six months myself as a researcher and it was basically um this woman who just has a miscarriage mm. because they're working her so hard and that it's like a factual document it's a factual drama sorry and that she has a miscarriage because they're working her so hard and they refuse to call the ambulance because it's against company policy fucking mad bruv um and then the other two they're really heavy the other two were about um like being left behind in britain and like the, the gig economy and zero hour contracts and how it literally austerity costs lives bro and then yeah. i saw a study the other day it was three hundred twenty-two thousand lives have been unfairly claimed because of the conservative cuts in the last 10 years mm. and it's mad and like for us three that probably won't affect us personally but no. it's a fucking crazy thing that that can that can affect so many people and it's wrong and that just made me, it resonated with me. And that's basically where I got into politics. And I used to go to a lot of Corbyn rallies and like Aslan. 
um, was just as into it as I was. And so was Emil and that's, we used to go together. And um, yeah, I think I just, my interest in politics just gained there. And um, naturally, because I was enjoying it in class, I've, obviously, as you can imagine, I used to get in so much trouble in school. Back in the school days, I literally was nearly kicked out so many times. And then I feel like in sixth form, that just changed it for me. Like having that history and politics and starting to actually learn and be interested in, I bare enjoyed it. And therefore, because I was doing well in it in school, I just wanted to carry it on outside of school. And I think it just stemmed from there, really. And it's just something that I could do to, like, express my frustration. Do you know what I mean? And that, now that's why I do it at uni. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. I think that's where it all started, from these teachers at school. You feel like your voice has been heard? Is that, like, you're saying... I feel like some people hear it too much. Like, <laughs> all the girls we used to live with last year just used to complain that it was just a barrage of fucking, he's a cunt, she's a cunt, this and that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I do think my voice is being heard. Um, yeah. By the problem is, is that as we all know from people we follow on social media and stuff, we all just follow the same people. That's if I put true. something on, if I put something on um, Instagram, for example, about Palestine or something I believe in, at the end of the day, ninety-nine percent yeah. of people probably think the same thing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not really like I'm not fully out there, out there. Like, that was the cool thing about. Well, I thought that was what the cool thing would be about working in the constituency. But at the end of the day, like, n no one agreed with me then because they were all bastards. So, because obviously they all had like, they all had the other view, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I feel like it's politics is hard, man. Like, no wonder yeah. some people find, find them so sceptical. Like, I was Jake, because Jake's got into, really into politics recently. We talk about it a lot. And he was watching um, PMQs on his, uh, on his laptop the other day. And I told him, which is actually true, that they take a six-week break in the summer, like school holidays. They do, yeah. They just toss around so much. Like, yeah. it's hard to be fully fucking involved in. So I, I, li I like, like, the idea of structural politics, but people politics at the moment. You just hear these stories every day, and you're just like, these are people that run our country, and they're just crooks. Did you see the Led by Donkeys video? Yeah, is this the one where they, like, trick uh, Matt Hancock yeah. and stuff? Yeah, the, I did see that. that South Korean company. Does that not just say everything that you need to know in a nutshell about these people? Really like, it's it's crazy. Like it really is. And like I don't know how like someone like Corbyn, for example, who spent his whole life just fighting oppression in every form, is just villainized in every in every way possible. And Starmer like banned him now, like suspended yeah, him. Yeah, Starmer, who yeah. like claimed to be his mate a few years ago, banned him. And he's just scared at the end of the day because like Keir Starmer's not a man of the people. Like that's for the sun, would I rather Keir Starmer than the Conservatives? Like, although I often say no to be difficult, of course I would, because I feel like people really need the change. And none of us, for example, are in a position to like deny people who really are in need of something. But what he's doing isn't good. Like, like it's undemocratic to ban a, an elected leader. He's like a, Corbyn is elected by his constituents. Yeah, yeah. To represent Labour. Like, do you know what I mean? It's mm. weird. So going into that world so young. How, how did they treat you? Like, were you patronised? Um, were you gas? Like, you're obviously patronised a little bit when you first start, if you're like 16 and like chatting to 26 year olds who think they know everything, but in yeah. fact, they know nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're obviously patronised in that sense a little bit. Um, you know, it, it is hard. Like, I often think that people, even now, like, I feel like, a lot of people care, but they don't like, I'm not saying everyone should as well. Like no one, I'm not trying to thrust politics on other people a bit. Like if someone spoke to me about a subject they were really, really interested in, I would like 
give it as much as I could, but I couldn't match them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think a nice way to do it is to like tell people why you think it and then let them be the judge for themselves. Let anyone listen to this and never wants to listen to what I'm going to suggest later because of it. That's nice. But if they don't, that's completely cool. Yeah, I think that's the way it should be, to be fair. Yeah, 100%. I, I used to watch um, a lot of Question Time as well, like, particularly oh, in yeah, Question Time. Hell. But I, I got really, really frustrated with it. I think. But like, I find it so hard to watch as well, bro. Like, um, I watch it with Biz quite a few times, but or, or even with my mum, but it's so fucking. No one, no one I know can really watch it because it's so annoying. They're the way they like mm. the implicit, like, shutting down of certain views yeah. and like the crowds they get sometimes and like how you've got someone in the crowd. Like I watched one, there's just so many stupid instances that I watched like if you look to big issues like race and class, for example, and you've got these people who just don't have a clue, like actually trying to talk about thrusting their opinions, like thrusting these literally like bigoted, stupid opinions on you. And then for some reason, like Fiona Bruce is able to give all those opinions airtime is beyond me. Like it's really, really weird, isn't it? I I got a question for you. Um, Yeah. Sure, bro. Talk about how, like, you know, you've been probably inspired somewhat by your parents in terms of what they do. Mm. And also, you have a love for film and TV and want to end up doing that. Do you think you'd end up making the similar kind of films that they currently yes. make? Bro, it's a question I think about a lot in my head. And I think the answer is like, yeah, you know, I think everyone's at the stage now where they're looking like at internships or what they want to do next year, maybe, for example. And one I was looking at is uh, obviously, as well as film and TV. And politics, I, I, we haven't spoken about it so much yet. I'm sure we will. Is I love, I guess, I think from listening to the podcast, you two are the same. I love sport. Yeah. yeah. But I was looking at, I was looking at um, a sport, an internship working at Sky Sports for a year, which would be really cool in so many ways. But sport, I feel like to me personally, is like, I play it a lot, football especially, or going to the gym or tennis. Like I play it a lot because it's a release from like, all the, the, from like how intense like life can be at uni and like yeah. how intense I'm sure life will be next year. And it's so nice to get out and just play like six aside and see the boys like, do you know what I mean? It's just such a nice release. I wasn't sure if I wanted to make it my full-time life. Like I, I, I care more about like politics, for example, than I do about sport. So yeah. like I would be, I think I do want to give my life to like making films similar to them. Yeah, I think inspired is the right word because I have been inspired by them and like that it's not even just them there's like a certain array of directors like Ken Loach um uh, Alan Clark Shane Meadows like I don't know if you've seen Mrs England for example I've not I would <laughs> recommend it to both of you it's amazing um uh it's really amazing it touches on racism and class in the 80s so well like it's it's really an amazing film it could it's not going to be but it could, it could easily be another like audio visual for the week and it, I would really recommend it to anyone and um to make films like that one day or like the, the wire which is something i literally adore like i've got so many posters i've read so many books about it it took the guy 23 years to make that he worked in the baltimore police department for 20 years collecting research before finally making it and i think that is why the wire is just real life man like um you know it's, it's really amazing and like a lot of the friends i have who have watched it are like quite like-minded to me and i think that to be able to create something like that in the future is what i would aspire to so yeah it's way easier said than done that like these people, you have this a lot of hard work. You have to like get the reputation to actually, to be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's got to start off somewhere. Like if I'm an intern in a film company, I'm happy making the tease for the first few years. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you've got to be slow and build it up. But yeah, one day I think the dream is to make something like that. I think, you know, you want to have a legacy in your life. You only get one and you yeah. never know when it's going to end. Like nothing's promised. Like tomorrow could be the last day on earth. Do you know what I mean? 
So in that, if it is, if that is the case, then for sure I want to like take every day as it comes, but try and make something in the future. Like I bought, I bought, I spent. Uh, I used to work in a bar in Brixton, and yeah. um, I I spent eight hundred quid of the savings I've made on this camera, and um, uh, I was going to film the AC All or Nothing documentary, but then the camera got waterlogged for the first three months, and by the time I'd repaired it and stuff, there was no point in filming the season. But I'm going to make a short film, I think, which is a, a Harrison a bit on the lines of what you were saying. Yeah. Um, it's basically about um, this deliver. It's like this delivery driver, and he basically this is. I don't know if you know. Do you guys know Broadgate in Liverpool Street? It's like where all the big banks are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's Broadgate Circle um, in Liverpool Street, and I'd done a bit of research in there before on this film I'd worked for with my stepdad. Another one, and it's all about like how like the cleaners earn like twelve thousand a year, and the top bankers earn seventeen thousand a day, sort of thing, and the disparity between different people and stuff. And um, basically this guy is going through an area like Broadgate, this delivery driver, he's been working for about 12 hours. It's really sunny and he just faints. He literally collapses outside Broadgate. And I'm not even joking. Someone comes up from the 14th floor, goes down, collects their takeaway, doesn't check if he's okay, stands over his body and just takes it up. And members of the public saw it. And I'm going to try and make like a 10 minute short film about that, I think. Oh, shit. It just says so much about society to me. Yeah. yeah. If I watch that, I really will be thinking. Do you know what I mean? Right, it's always me first, never. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like a lot of people are inherently selfish. And, like, in some ways, it's good to be inherently selfish, like, in terms of, like, aspiring for what you want to do. But, like, you can't have that. In my opinion, you can't have that attitude to life. You've got to you think about other man. people. Look after each other. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. Like, And I feel like it's easier said than done. But, like, you, it's a thing you really try to have to do. Do you know what I mean? Because not only will it make your life easier in the long term, but again, as I was saying, if you've only got one, you want to like you want the people around you to be comfortable around you. Do you know what I mean? And to love you for who you are. See, there's a business I want to make that I feel like it should probably even be better at making it than I would. To be fair, what is it? It's a clothing brand. Um, I've 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 got the main names already, which is and like, like I've got business plan and shit, but okay. I don't have the money. Um, oh, God, that's the bastard. <laughs> I'm not very eloquent about it. Like, I don't really know how to say it, but um, the the gist is like most, it would be for benefit over profit. Like there would have to be profit somewhere in terms of yeah. you to be able to live. But of course, I'm, of course. I'm not going to take more money out of it than I need, and it would be. Well, about that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing with everything, isn't it? Like you got to like, like no one's like. The basic means to survive, for example, like we're talking about next year, for example, and what people want to do. Like, I really hope that like, like a lot of my friends and myself can like get jobs where we can be comfortable and live the lives we want to do. And if we want to go on holiday and stuff like that, that's the, the, the luxury that we deserve for sure. But also have enough on the side to make sure that other people are being able to do the same thing. Do you know what I mean? And like, so what's the, so yeah, what's this business then? Like, is it from, did you study at uni or is it just like a. Well, I, I did advertising at uni, um, which oh, came, came from an interest in fashion. Um, nice, nice. Because um, my uni is really fashion heavy, and I wanted to. Oh. I went to UCA. Um, oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. I want I want the prince, for example, to t to tackle societal issues, like that, okay. which that speak on it. I want it to be made by the community. I want it to be like Amazing. the forum that people can like, upvote. Basically, like I made this, and then that person gets a percentage of the sales and then that... wow that's really cool man 
we keep the rest but then most of it goes to help wherever we can whatever that issue on the print represents so like if someone does one about homelessness then that print or sales from that as far as possible will go to help people who are sort of like are a victim of homelessness nice has the um have you made any yet no, because I am a terrible graphic designer. I'm a terrible graphic designer. Shit, but you one, you'll learn. And two, like, if you've got the idea, there's someone you can reach out to. Like, that's why a lot of people do graphic design and stuff like that these days. Uh, yeah, a lot of people I went to uni would do graphic design. I'm I'm just not, like, as I've, as I've just proven, like, I go really quiet when I talk about it. I'm not very confident. Yeah. Like, I don't... You should be, though, because it's a sick idea. It's got mm. a really good, it's a really good, like, groundwork and like if you think about it it's the other thing in life like you've got this idea it's your thing it makes sense it's going to make the world a better place like the only person who can do it is you yeah so like be i'd say be confident in it because it's a cool thing like like you know like it's a thing that like i'll think about now today do you know what i mean and like in the back of my mind i'll be like oh, you could do this you could do that and like i'll definitely let you know if i have any suggestions like but it's a really cool thing and um yeah like i wouldn't I'd be like, I'd be proud of it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of the idea. I'm just like, I don't like talking about stuff before it's done. You know? Yeah, oh, bro. Yeah. I hear you. So I literally had that conversation with Jamal the other day. I was talking so, about yeah. the camera that I bought and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to flaunt it or anything because I haven't done anything with it yet. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to bide my time, get the idea right. And then when it's ready, you can be proud of your final work. Yeah. Yeah. You don't eat chicken after 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's true. Um, my parents were my parents were saying the same thing to me. Like, like, I don't know, it's like, oh, when I was just younger, like even the stuff about like the football tournaments that I'd go to, I'd be like, oh, we're gonna win it today. And like we tell people at church, we're gonna win this tournament. And it's like it's like there's a life lesson that I never taught before it's done because like it's just it saves you embarrassment. Like anything could happen, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Um, if anyone needs that. Green eyed monster as well. Like people could be jealous of you and like stop stop it in some way. It's so interesting. Oh, mate, if anyone needs that lesson, it's me and Jake talking about the AC. The amount of times I've said we're gonna batter someone, we're gonna fuck this, fuck that out in the last sixteen. Even in this Nams tournament, I was convinced oh, yeah. we were gonna win it, and then we pathetically crash out and have to join FC at <laughs> the second year in a row. Oh mate, you enjoy that? I I, I enjoyed it. First year, I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. I wish you'd there last year because obviously last year we won the whole thing, um, uh, which was fucking amazing. But yeah, um, really good. I did really enjoy it. Um, I like I like the the medic community has something going, doesn't it? Like it does, it does. Um, yeah, I'm happy I I joined it compared to like other teams because I I feel like, like you says, close knit community. The dinner's coming up soon. Then it's kind of Even though we're not medics, I feel really like welcome. I feel yeah, welcome. Yeah, for sure. And um, obviously, I don't know if you know H, but me and um, Offy's team are playing each other next week, and it's the last ever game that I've been. I've been in the team for a few years now, and it, I, it's like when I first joined, I was obviously like a fresher in the team, um, and I've basically just gone throughout throughout uni. My uni experience has been based around the team, sort of, and now I'm the captain, and it's my last ever game. I've probably played like what, like fifty, sixty, like. Obviously, yeah. I, I love it. Like, as you, I literally love it. Like, I, I talk about it. even when we're in a party at four in the morning. Me and the boys <laughs> just chanting AC chants. Like, the team is pretty tight knit, and like, uh, yeah, it's my last ever game, which is emotional. And we're playing fucking Offie's team, however, our first and second. So that should be fixed for the week next week for sure. That should be fixed for the week, man. 
<laughs> that will bring it always brings in the crowds as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. You I usually play sport H. Yeah. Um I'm I'm only on tennis now these days because yeah, I I I was always a rugby boy and then it got to the point where boys around me were like, you know, you'd break an arm quite easily because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're playing with units. Yeah. So I don't really like it was a hobby for me. It was never a never a profession. So I was like, I don't really want to put my life on the line. It's not my I'm life. It's my, my future. Yeah. And then like same with football. I was playing six aside last year. Um I've had eight months of rehab since then because like physio rehab because of okay, what happened. I was I went for a ball like mid like mid air just controlled it with my knee like you know ninety degree angle like mm-hmm. collect it inside in the inside of your knee. This old fella just like straight like I'd already got the ball by the way so like yeah he had no reason to leave his leg there straight leg straight into the my kneecap like as hard as possible and I was like running at full pelt and then he didn't he, like no one gave a shit either like ref didn't give me a foul yeah that's shocking <laughs> and that's scary as well like if like one six aside can ruin your next like seven yeah. eight months of sport like I don't know but I don't fucking know like obviously we got like, on the ACL and stuff but fuck that yeah. it's tough I feel like um, I'm guessing you play football when you go back home right but like when I go I feel like because I'm so used to playing against students up here it's a lot less physical but when I play down at home like people, like men would just go in just because oh, yeah. you're young. Like just crazy challenges. I'm like, we play adult football. Me and Jake and Jamal and that play adult football at home as well. And it's yeah. like, a, it is a different way. It is way more intense, way more physical. Like it's not oh, as good. Physical. Um, and obviously, like our friend Spencer, you know Spencer. Yeah, yeah. We, we uh, has our friend Spencer. We he plays men's rugby for this team called Didsbury. Cool. They're like a quite a good like established um, uh, men's rugby team and. Fuck me, there's some blokes there are units, like, yeah. it's big tackles, crunching, big bloody bastards, like, <laughs> intense. Shout out, Spencer. That man got to the semi-final, right? Well, yeah, they're in it. might go watch that, which would be cool. So, yeah. I get injured so much as well, it's because I play football like I play rugby. Like, I say this a lot, because I, I, I have a man-first kind of mindset. So, like, I will lead with a shoulder... And take the man before the ball as many times as I can, and then like defend like ish. <laughs> my rotator, sweet, my rotator cuff is gone. Oh, uh, that's brilliant. This is that as a striker, as an attacker, that sounds horrible, man. Like yeah, you'd hate it. Out, bro. I get thrown <laughs> about. I can't lie. Uh, uh, oh, ish, oh, God, I don't know. If, I don't know if um, you said he got sent off the other day. <laughs> no. What for? For literally uh, fighting on the pitch, was it? <laughs> it wasn't fighting. It wasn't fighting at all. Listen, you know I'm not an aggressive guy, man. I'll never start anything. I just slid in, start tackle some guy. I-, I thought I cleanly won the ball. He did ref- cleanly win the ball, to be fair. The ref was having none of it. It was the verbals you were having with him five minutes before, which kicked <laughs> it off. It's called me a soft bastard. I- you think I'm just going to sit there and take that? But, uh, <laughs> the-, the ref was like, you're going to go off for that, son. I'm like, yeah, but it's my first foul ref. Give me one more chance. It's like, no, off you go. It was a yellow card, but the way the tournament worked was there's only like two minutes left and it's a five minute simbin. So I was basically sent off. But Shocking. It's my first yellow card I'm like ever. Really? 
Yeah, man. I, I don't get bookings. I never got bookings. He's been sent off three games in a row in the Campus Who? League. Jake. <laughs> three reds in three games. It's like Casemiro. That guy. Great player, mate. It's a Brilliant. special day today, actually, because it's Eid today. It is. It Eid is. today. Um, my Half my family are Muslim. So okay. um, my mum's side of the family. So um, I think I'll probably go down the mosque later. I yeah. thought I'd mention it because I feel like the sport, you know, there's only so much sports banner we can have until yeah, later. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, where you where are you from, Ish? I'm from Pakistan. Okay. And um, yeah, it's like a, it's, it's quite a big day. Um, it's weird. Like in the last few years at uni, I've I've been fasting quite a lot this year because my dissertation. I haven't been because like I I want to prioritize that. Do you know what I mean? But in the last few years, I have been fasting quite a lot. And um, it's actually really nice because at uni, like my flat here, who I lived with again first year and then last year as well, and all the boys, they all do it with me. Oh, that's lovely. So we like break it together. And last year we went to Morocco during Ramadan and like what a beautiful experience to break our fast. We broke our fast in like the main Medina in Marrakesh. Yeah. And um, that's a beautiful thing. I'm, I mention it because I know you're religious as well. I am, but, yeah. Like, it really is like incredible, isn't it? Like the it power is. of religion in times like these. Yeah, I've got quite a lot of Muslim friends at uni as well. So, especially Marzouk and Bean, especially shout out to, to you guys, man. Like, huge respects, firstly. Like, I tried, I tried it. I tried um, fasting, like, last year. I found it so difficult, I can't lie. Oh, I think, uh, like, the lack of water. Being able to drink water, I think I found it really difficult. Oh, that, man, especially. It's really not uh, easy at all. Yeah. And, like, I was walking through Curry Mile yesterday. I went to Jaffa, Jaffa. Jaffa. I've never yeah. actually been. Me and Busy were gonna go. It's lovely. You should go. Is it? Yeah, Which yeah, is... yeah. And like, you could just see like the cake shop and like all these shops like just filled with people because obviously they're preparing for today. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's lovely, man. It's brilliant. Um, I want to ask, where do you see your future? Like, we're talking. Me and Harry were talking about this a few pods ago in terms of like, would you emigrate to a different country, or do you see yourself in England? Because Currently in this situation, it's difficult to to be like England's a place. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that to be fair, I do love where I'm from. I do love South London. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I've got a lot of like links there through like being like in, in the ultras in Crystal Palace and like having teaching in that school and you know having all my friends from there and family and whatnot. I do feel like it's like a community that I'm very much a part of. And yeah. I'd be so happy to like bring a future family of mine up there for sure. But at the same time, like we're in a tiny speck of a massive world. Do you know what I mean? Literally a tiny speck of it. And like there's so much of the world that I haven't seen in any way. Like when I went to Morocco, I left Europe for the first time and I was genuinely like, this is fucking incredible. Do you know what I mean? Like this is a different, different world now. Like we're just in Africa and it's different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's crazy. <laughs> and like there's so much of the world that I really want to see. Um, I feel like next year it's generic to say everyone's going traveling and whatnot, but I am definitely going to save up and go somewhere for a long time. Like a lot of my friends who are like in, who didn't take it, like who are you like UH? Are you, are you, I don't know if you're a year older or you didn't take gap year. Yeah, I'm a year older. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, who are now, are now like going around South America and stuff like that. And it's pretty incredible. Like some of the things they're doing and seeing, and I do just want to like, exp- I, I can't, I feel like I can't fully answer the question till I know. Yeah, of course. But from what I do, from what I do know right now, I hundred percent want to spend like a considerable amount of my life like in another place, doing other things, like seeing other cultures. I want to live like maybe Australia or somewhere, or like 
Um, uh, I would absolutely love to live in Nepal for a while. Like there are a lot of there are a lot of there are a lot of countries I would love to like see and experience and spend some time in. Um, and if I was going to South America, I'd, I think. Well, it's weird though because I I really idealized Argentina. I thought it was beautiful, right? But then I did my um I did my uh like research project on it last term at uni, and it's actually like a crazy racist place. It is, yeah. Really mad. Like I didn't realize. With the world so, like, oh my days like yeah like it's like the, the ethnic cleansing there is, is yeah, insane. Yeah. Like, and I, I i compared it to palestine and did like a whole um mm. a whole talk on it me and jamal did a whole talk on it and um so shout out to jams obviously oh, and did a whole, um did a whole um talk on it in class and yeah it's a mad place and like, i'd love to visit it but i don't think i'd want to spend the considerable amount of time there that i that i, that I previously did so yeah. if i pick a place in south america i think i'd go colombia or something yeah, yeah. Fucking nuts. Trust me. Yeah, me and Harry were talking about that in the World Cup during the World Cup, weren't we? Like Oh, aren't they like the only South American country that have basically killed off their whole black population? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's mad. Like, and like, it's native, black. Yeah. Yeah. It's but like, yeah, it's mad. And like South America, which is like if you look at all the other countries, it's very like it's like quite like Hispanic, a lot of them, and like it's very um, it's quite multicultural in a lot of places. Like if you look at Ecuador, um, Bolivia, those kind of countries, you got like you got like um people previously white, Hispanic, black, everything. But in Argentina, like, and I, 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 it's really inherently racist. Like, and it's not even just like stereotype. Like, it's not just it's like saying oh Britain's racist. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like it's mad, and it's like been programmed for hundreds of years, and like it, it's really quite crazy and it's wrong and um. It's weird because I did actually kind of notice it, and the, I I didn't do my talk till the end of the um the year, and I kind mm. of <laughs> first noticed it in the first game. I was watching Argentina Saudi Arabia in the back of the lecture, <laughs> <laughs> and um I actually just struck me. I was like, they're all they're all white. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then look, when I did the research behind it, it's it's fucking it's not good. It's not, not. good to like. Um, I think number one South. I I was too have to go Brazil, man. I know a few of the I went carnival, and I think that looks sick. Oh, yeah, I've seen a lot of people go carnival. I actually know, listen to this for a story. Um, so one of Busy's friends, um, yeah. called Phoebe, her ex-boyfriend went to carnival. He's like saved up, working in a in a in an Amazon center, fulfillment center, actually being a picker for like months and months. He saved up all this money to go with his mate to Brazil. Yeah. Five days in, he got his phone robbed, chased after them tripped up didn't have travel insurance or something and had got a brain hemorrhage he like had bleeding in the brain broke both his arms now has to have a full-time carer he can't even fly back from brazil his family have had to fly out over there it's mad isn't it wow imagine that being your traveling experience crazy so sad okay that's true yeah not good um but yeah not on a less morbid note <laughs> i would absolutely love to go to brazil yeah. like it looks it looks incredible like it does look incredible. I don't know but how that... your five skills would bear up over there. <laughs> Listen, man, I can dance. You see me on the football pitch. I can dance. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can hold my own in Brazil, bro. Fall over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, nah, Brazil, looks, it looks too lit. Um, what was I going to say? I can't remember what I was going to say. But, oh, uh, yeah, it's about the Amazon. Like, they're whatever's left of it i would like to see it before i know they're chopping down a lot of 
a lot of it, and it's yeah, um, like the Brazilian population are really, really um infuriated about it. It's really, it's really bad. But one thing, if you're looking at a bit more positive news, because I feel like the news is so often just so negative. Even the stuff that just dropped in are negative. But like, if you want a more like optimistic outlook on the world, which bugged me out a lot last term. And like Jake's reading this book at the moment that I've also got called Humankind, and there's basically just um oh shit, and there's basically just this theory about uh, there's basically just this theory about um how like the news just gives us the most pessimistic viewpoints in the world and like humans in 99.9% of the time are actually like good people and I read this story about um uh this couple in Brazil who for the last 20 years have planted over like 1.9 million trees since 2000 and the loads of animals have come back into like the because it's been like yeah re, re like forestized over its cause yeah which is nice reforestation oh, so, so this, yeah so this TikTok of a guy like I don't know. I can't remember much about it. I think he planted like three thousand five hundred trees in like twenty-two hours or something. It was sick. Yeah. Like he's yeah, a twenty-three-year-old, just like he calls himself a professional tree planter. He planted trees since he was seventeen. He just like the palm oil fields where they like burn all the trees. He just went yeah. around. He plants a tree every three and a half seconds. It's that is fucking incredible. That's probably going on right now as we're just having this yeah. conversation. Yeah. So weird. Well, yeah, that's amazing. And it's nice to see things like that because, yeah, like, I would love to see the Amazon as well. And um, you see all these um, you see all these mad shots of it, even on like, Instagram Reels. It just looks so beautiful. Um, I remember and... watching a doc. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you carry on. Uh, yeah, I just remember watching a David Beckham. He went to the Amazon one time. And, Is this when like... no one recognised him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching, like, obviously he has loads of tattoos and they were so intrigued by it. And they obviously they have their own tattoos, but the the inhabitant like he was communicating with the inhabitants and I just a different different complete like species of people mm -hmm. like different it's yeah it was just insane I was like wow I I do I remember watching that I was like fourteen or fifteen I was like I really want to like experience that one time in my life wow a hundred percent mate like, literally a hundred percent um my boy Hawley from home who's actually here yesterday for Garden's birthday. He's just got a video of him on a raft in the middle of like the middle of this like the maddest forest in Jamaica, where he's from, and yeah. um, he literally is just literally just literally standing like this, going through the maddest jungle you've ever seen, and it's just like, ever since I saw that picture, I've just wanted it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What a beautiful thing it would be. Like Nina's dad, you know Nina, who I live with, obviously. Yeah. Nina's dad shoots for like the National Geographic. He's like a like a. Uh, director of photography and he has got the maddest shots I've ever seen emerging from a forest into the hills in Pakistan just two snow leopards wow yeah fucking mad yeah so that's insane <clears throat> that's sick man listen I'm excited to I want you to document all this man yeah yeah no for sure for sure that camera there's no excuses yeah that's true so yeah, uh, I just that thing as well. Um, you said about Dominic Raab resigning. Yeah, I was about to say. Wow, I mean, he's an he's a another brilliant, one. right? Yeah, like they're drop, dropping like flies at the moment. Um, in a way, it just highlights how shambolic everything is. Yeah, um, I mean, he shouldn't like, have had to resign, to be honest. Like, yeah, but um, yeah, Dominic Raab. He's one of the guys. He's actually one of the ones I thought was a bit more scary. Like, got got like a domineering presence. Um, mm. you know he's the kind of guy you would think Jesus like what's he going to do with the country do you know what I mean like the power being concentrated in his hands is in my opinion quite scary yeah what do you guys think of um 
M sorry, of MPs and politicians have, having second and third jobs in general. Well, race. Like, obviously, like, that's why, that's another reason, actually, I was going to say, that's another reason why, um, I'll quickly say it, is why um, Starmer hates Corbyn, is because Corbyn said, if you want to be on my front bench, you can't have a second or third job. You've got to give all your time to the, the, the constituents and to the Labour Party. Of course, that makes sense. They're getting paid 80 grand a year. What more do they need? All their expenses are paid for. At the end of the day, they've got a responsibility to the people who are electing them for a reason. Just do exactly. your job. It's as simple as that. Like, you don't need a second and third job. Like, if the second and third job is, like, volunteering somewhere or doing something or even just, like, tutoring on the sideline, then who cares? But they don't need, like, a second job earning 60 grand a year. Insulting, yeah. yeah. It's insulting to the, to, the ele to the electorate. Yeah, we were just um, talking about... Uh, we were just talking about the Dominic Raab letter and it's just crazy, like... Um, see, H's reaction, he's shocked. <laughs> <laughs> In setting the threshold for bullying so low, this inquiry has set a dangerous precedent. Yeah, and I feel like from re just reading his letter of resignation, like he says, yeah, I resigned and that. And then about two minutes later, it's the most, it's like an apology one of the kids in my class would give. He goes, but I didn't actually do this. I didn't actually do that. Like, <laughs> it's pathetic, like <laughs> genuinely pathetic. Like, um, and it's really, really worrying that like, what is he, the, um, Dominic Raab, like, he's a main part of the cabinet, has just resigned over bullying accusations. Like, it's just like a toxic environment that they've created, and um, it's not good, yeah. is it? Shit, that was, uh, that was my toast popping out, so big one sec. <laughs> yeah, go grab it, bro. Yeah, I've seen some interviews. Some women was like, um, he called her like a silly bitch or something, and it's like, yeah. that language is obviously not acceptable. You shouldn't be using that, particularly in the workplace. No, like, especially at the heights of government like that's crazy someone who I assume if your deputy prime minister is your inferior yeah yeah but like on the topic of second third and fourth jobs I think yeah. it has to go both ways because like David Lammy um, MP for Tottenham he's got he, he, he's got his own show on LBC as well and and he claims like so much on expenses as well so I know the conservatives are they tend to be a lot worse lot more worse for it but i think across the board i think MPs should just serve their constituency man like david lammy though another politician i'm actually very aware of yeah and david lammy has like in my opinion he gets a lot of like he gets a lot of criticism which is unfair i think some of it is literally just racist um, uh, he's like exposed a lot of the um, messages he's been sent before and stuff like that, and that's not acceptable. Mm. But at the same time, David Lammy has also been very bad to his constituents at many points. He's been very bad to the Labour Party. He's often yeah. like he's often defied the party whip, especially when Corbyn was in charge. He had to, he got on his high horse about um, Brexit and Corbyn not campaigning for it. But then if you look at the official statistics, Corbyn actually campaigned more than David Lammy because David Lammy spent half his time not campaigning to remain but campaigning for Corbyn to do something. And mm. I just think that, like, a lot of the time, David Lammy and, you know, politicians like that claim to be a certain thing, but they don't just have it. They don't yeah. really believe in the right thing. They believe in themselves. Yeah. And I think, you know, going on LBC is not the end. Like, obviously, like, he's just, like he's a politician. We should be up to yeah. date what we're doing. I do think they should be involved in society. But at the same time, um, you know, David Lammy has done a lot of things which are just not great. And, like, he's, like... I don't think that his views basically, I don't think his views represent his constituents. And I think that he's in line for the criticism he gets for sure. 
Yeah. But the one thing I would argue is that, like, you, that being a politician is a full time job. You shouldn't, like, if you're if you are a true politician, and like truly care about your job, there shouldn't be anything that you're thinking about doing mm. on your mind, like on your nine to five or any other. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it true. He gets money from LBC. And I don't think that's what, like I'm saying you can go on the show, get into it. Yeah. It's also like Yeah, like they're getting their wages keep increasing every week. They seem to well the only bills that they ever turn up to, all of them, are about their own wages. Yeah. And you see yeah. the bills about like ending fo- <laughs> ending fox hunting or free school meals and stuff like that. And half of them just don't even turn up and the other half seems to vote no. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, the free school meal one in, in COVID. Crazy. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I, I can't remember what I was going to say. But um, anyway, you're, you use Twitter, right-ish, quite a lot. Yeah. Well, so recently, well, I say re- as recent as like yesterday, um, a lot of people have had their verification um, been taken off. Have I saw this that? last night. Yeah. I saw, I saw a Pierce Morgan in KSI. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that sets a dangerous precedent, like for such misinformation, and obviously, um, but what's like, the reason why impulse impersonation? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think some sort of Elon reform or something. But like, I saw Michael Richards has had his taken off. I was what? like, Kara, Kara as well. I was like, what? at least you know that's going to be good banter in next week's Sky Sports. <laughs> um, even Deliveroo don't have it. Really? I don't wow. know why that's happened. Like, that's obviously very dangerous, but I don't know. Do you still, do you guys still rate Twitter? I think that is a setting a dangerous president for, president for sure. Yeah. Um, especially seeing as my, I've just gone on Twitter and my first my first tweet is 40 accumulators betting and they still have the gold tick. <laughs> so I, I think something's seriously wrong. They pay, they pay like a grand for that monthly. Yeah, Stephen Graham's lost his. What the fuck? Even even the BBC breaking doesn't have. But like, I recently saw a clip of an interview with the BBC uh, and Elon Musk, and I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, but um, essentially the the journalist came very unprepared, and Elon Musk kind of served him a hot meal and told him to fuck off. Um, he he failed to do his research on um whether like insightful language and hate hate speech had actually increased since Elon's taken over Twitter. I'm not sure if you guys saw this, but... No, I didn't. But the question is, really, do you still think the BBC serves its purpose? Is it still fit for purpose as a public... It's really... Uh, that is a really hard one because I feel like in the last few years, me personally, I've had a lot of gripes with the BBC. Um you know, I think some of the reporting that went on in the last few years is crazy. I think even now, do you see the bias point in question time? You know, I think they can be so biased in so many ways, both explicitly and implicitly. And going way on from just like Corbynism and anything like that, and just talking about in general, I think that, you know, like it's the, it's the taxpayer paying for the BBC. Yeah. And like, you know, we all pay our taxes. We're all entitled to just fair, balanced viewing. No one's saying, I don't think it should be, they should say exactly what I think. I don't think they should say like when else things they should just say how it is and they fail to do that in a lot of ways i think even the programs that go out a lot of them are just like there's no real grit to them 
that Channel 4 have balls, right. bollocks. Like, I just don't think the BBC has those bollocks. I, I think that it's quite flawed in many ways. And as the licensed pair, as like a public institution, it does fail its, its, its people, I'd say. You? Me? Oh. Yeah. yeah I'll, 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 I'll go first. I, I tend to agree with that. Um, I think particularly at the top of the BBC, it's been rotten for a while. Um, Tim Davey and I can't remember the other guy who worked closely with Johnson and is obviously, he's like the BBC like director. Director General, Attorney General. Yeah, Director General, yeah, yeah, yeah. He obviously had that gripe with Johnson and some sorts. And at the top, I think, like from what I, like whistleblowers have said, like there, there is, they have big impacts or like impact to a certain extent on reporting and what's said as well. So... Mm. I think, yeah, I we want impartial news ultimately because we want to be the ones to make up our minds because there's yeah. a way you can structure things and the way you can say things that obviously benefits one one side or the other. And like I said, the question time earlier as well, I think that is not fit for purpose because every time I've watched it, the person, like people have been silenced or cut off or like, hang on, hang on, hang on, let's go to this person. And Yeah, it's like it's so like the way they speak over you is very domineering. Yeah. And it, like, it basically just presents them as having an opinion. And yeah. the whole point of it being neutral is that you don't have an opinion. You yeah, exactly. I mean? you, you just relay the news in the way that you're supposed to. Mm. So, Harry, yeah. I, I think it's, um obviously it's nuanced because there's also the entertainment side of BBC, which I, I, like, I think they still do like quite a good job. I don't watch much BBC because like streaming services exist. But like, when you need to watch something on BBC, like there's something on that's probably like to high standard most of the time. But yeah, focusing on the, you know, current affairs, culture and politics side, as you both say, I think it's too easy for them to seem to be like directed in one way or another. Like whether it's themselves or someone else, like, I think I think it's too easy for them to point people down a road. Like I've, I haven't read the Daily Mail. I see, for example, words that they use to like get people to just go. They don't. They don't necessarily tell you this is what you should think. This is just what we think, and this is now yeah, yeah, the accepted sure. belief. And like, I see the same on BBC. Like, I'll read a tweet which will say this is what's happened, and then I'll see like the BBC coverage, and I'll see them say a completely like they'll say it a different way, which will then make someone of a whole more much more negative view of like a certain person. Right. Well, that's just that's not what you're meant to be doing. You're meant to just be saying this is the fact. This is what happened, mm. and that's it. I, I completely agree with that, <clears throat> and I also agree that um, you know, the BBC we uh, we're indebted to the BBC in a lot of ways because they provided amazing shows. They provide amazing coverage on lots of things. I still watch a lot of BBC shows, but well, like, if yeah. the question is specifically to their reporting and politically. And they're reporting on current affairs and on the, what the world is. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of room for improvement. But yeah, I also think at the same time that like the BBC has some of the best shows going. And if it wasn't yeah. for all these streaming services, it would still carry TV like it often has. And like um, you know, even from working in my work experience, it's given me opportunities to like look at certain things and work on certain things. And like I'll always be grateful for it as an institution. And like when I compare it to other like that I've heard of, like other like. The national teddies on like channel one for example in other countries i think the bbc excels in a lot of ways yeah. but it obviously does have its flaws <clears throat> and it's good that we can call them out because at the end of the day that's our job as like <clears throat> even if we're just talking about this on this podcast 
our job as citizens. I mean, obviously, we're not yet, but we will like be like proper taxpayers. You know what I mean? We'll be paying into society, and so yeah, for sure, we should um definitely man. Like CBBs, CBBC as well. That was fucking four sick. Four o'clock club. <laughs> wow. Um, Sixty-four Zulane's the number one for me. Yes, bro. <laughs> Banger. <laughs> but like they really fell off um since what the last episode of Waterloo Road, not episode but series. So weird. Like, one so is not weird It's so weird you say that because I was an avid watcher of Waterloo Road back in the Dang. day. First seven yeah. seasons especially were fantastic. Then when they moved it to Scotland. I wasn't as keen, but I still liked it. It still had the same, the same, it had the same kind of dynamic. They did a good job, all things considered, because it's hard to yeah. move location like that. And they got in some good characters, the fucking, the Barrys. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Barry Barry is so good. He oh, got named twice. <laughs> and all that oh, stuff. Man. But then by the new season, it's just, what the fuck? Like, yeah. good way to ruin a show now. I've seen, I'm a bit worried really, because I love the Harry Potter films. Um, uh, but... They're apparently they're making a series now. <clears throat> I saw that as well. But if you've seen that, like, what could they really do with that? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, Waterloo Road. Back in Rochdale, was it? Oh, Rochdale, yeah. It Back was... in Harrick and Sharky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Anyway, <clears throat> I feel like really reminded me of my school, Waterloo Road. Like, yeah. Like, like, it was, like, very similar and, like, it was relatable for a lot of school kids. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. The yeah, big guys, top undone. What you're the baddest. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Should we move on to of the weeks now? Yes, man, let's do it. So, could either of you two give me your winner of the week, please? It's just animals because I went to uh, stayed at Port Lim a couple of nights ago, and they're just sick, really. Like you know, you yeah. see like rhinos interacting with each other, or like. Some brown bears having a little fight. But like you see these things, like pretty much everything in Port Limp is an absolute beast. Like even even like the smallest monkeys that can just like hang upside down with a tail and swing probably faster than I can run through the trees. Like they're they're yeah. like, animals are just beautiful. So just nature really is my winner this week. That is it. Nice. I love that. Ish. <laughs> my winner of the week. Genuinely, this week is, um, and it, it applies to last week as well, is actually Brian Cox. The succession guy or the yeah. physicist? No, the succession guy. Okay, cool. Because I think that, you know, he's left a real legacy. Like, he's, he's not he's not young anymore. Do you know what I mean? But this character that he's created is beautiful. It's fantastic in so many ways. Hateable, lovable. Yeah. Like, you're half time you're screaming at the telly when you watch him. But I think that he is my winner of the week this week. <clears throat> yeah, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, uh, I can't say too much. Do you know what I mean? Uh, of course. But he does ignite a lot of feelings within you. But like yeah. for me personally, he's like, he's boiled up a lot of my emotions at the same time. And although it kind of, in a way, is repetitive, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Who mm. the fuck knows? Do you know what I mean? So I think he's my winner of the week this week. Him or the AC Milan goalie. Because I watched that. Yes, big Mike. And he maybe I'll make him my winner of the week actually because that was quite incredible to save a pen like that to put in a performance like that at Naples is a crazy place like obviously as well like, as a black goalkeeper like I saw what was going on literally to yeah. like Leo and stuff just before they went into the stadium I'm sure it was a lot worse when they were in there um, uh, and 
to put in a performance like that when all, if you're a goalie, all the pressure's on you, man. Yeah, and save after save, saving um, the pen. I think he, it was a fantastic performance. So he's my winner of the week. Funny you say that because mine was actually going to be Leal. Really? Yeah, purely because that guy smiles every time he plays football, man. And I think that's yeah. Beautiful. Like you see all these things like in the World Cup as well. He smiles before he shoots and he scores. Mm. Like he, he just always seems to have a smile on his face, and I think it's yeah. brilliant. Um, <clears throat> and like it kind of makes me like when I play football, I get really agitated. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to play this forever, kind of thing. Like smile, enjoy it with your friends, and that could be shit, but like yeah. And also, yeah, and and like you said, being black in Italy as well, the footballers. Oh. I saw it after the monkey. game, monkey chance at them as well. I, yeah, I don't yeah. get like, Aussie man, like your top. I, I don't. Know. You can't. Some people you even just if he can't. wasn't, it's mad. But yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is crazy. Like, um, and then yeah, was it loser of the week? Loser of the week. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 I hate you. Go first on trends. Yeah. I don't know. Mine is uh, this week America. Uh, because of all the mistaken address shootings that have been, yes, occurred. yes, it's really weird. I saw the um that you said. Well, it's not weird. You said it, it's been in the news, obviously. But like, I saw the um, it was like an eighty-four-year-old man who did it. Right, he was only yeah. arrested for two hours. Yeah, nuts, man. Like, yeah. it's really nuts. Like, how could you like? The mad thing is, is like, if you're flipping. Like obviously, if someone's knocking on your door late at night and you're an elderly person, like, it might be a bit scary. But at the end of the day, who the fuck's instant reaction is to pick up a gun and shoot? Yeah. Like, yeah. it I'm makes me cry. I just like, I can't believe it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that that is in the same world that we're going in right now. Like, it blows my yeah. mind, man. Yeah, but also someone who's like obviously a child. Like, it's not even. Oh my god, it's morbid. The whole story is morbid. Like picking up his younger sibling. Yeah. Picking up his younger sibling. It really, really is just like so sad. Like. And it's just like, it just epitomizes how that like, in America, we're shocked right now. Like, it literally like, was like, obviously I couldn't believe the news, but at the end of the day, like for them, that happens, I'm sure that happens most days. Oh, like, yeah, in three like, weeks. So, so how can they call themselves a first world country with these repressive gun laws? Like, yeah, it really is nuts. Ish, what about you, Lisa? So obviously I was going to pick Medic Rangers for their love to FC, but I'm not going to do that. I just thought I'd like leave it in in case to get under their skin a little bit. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, you know what? I'm going to change my loser of the week as of this podcast and go for Dominic Raab. Yeah. Like, he, he, he's a loser. He's being exposed for everything he's done. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to pick him, but then reading his resignation letter just cemented it for me. Yeah. Because like, he just sounds like a little brat. <laughs> <laughs> simple as that and um yeah he's my loser of the week fair yeah. enough mine is by munich because i think they're just a club in a mess at the moment obviously you had the mane sane fight um sacking i just think as an institution currently they they usually run like a juggernaut like all german companies i think they run brilliantly but currently in this moment in time i think they're struggling and it's really weird because they are like a machine. Most I thought they were going to absolutely smash City over two legs. Because like obviously I don't really watch German football. So yeah. my perception of Bayern Munich is literally yeah. that they are like the dream team. Do you know what I mean? Like, which even if they had 11 players from Stoke on, they just ran it perfectly. Do you know what I mean? But like... In yeah, fact, it could be if Meccano actually loses the week. I just feel he's had a shit um, a week. Mate, he's had a shock week. of a week. Yeah. Um, track of the week. 
if if I'm if, I, if we're doing it in order again, um, mine would be Long Train Running by the DB Brothers. Uh, story behind that is so my dad used to have this like Lotus soft top Alan, um, beautiful car, smell like had a really distinctive smell, like, and he had a DB Brothers cassette tape in it that was pretty much on loop every time he drove in it, and no. we went on a road trip this week. Me and my girlfriend. Where'd you go? Uh, we went down to um, Chichester through like uh, lots of different coastal towns and like, had little stops off and then went back up through the New Forest. Um, oh, that's really nice to be fair. And was so, the, did the weather do you good? Yeah, the weather it was beautiful. Oh, it's just started raining today, but so yeah, like, fucking gloomy um, now. Yeah, just nostalgic trip and nostalgic music. Yeah. It was beautiful. Nice man, respect. Ish. Um, I think my track of the week this week is gonna be um, it's related to my dissertation a little bit. It's by it's called Open Conversation and Mark Duggan. Okay. Three two. I'd recommend that you guys listen to it. It's basically just like um, I actually busy put me onto it in the car the first time I listened to it, and it's basically just um, it's it's like a little story. It's an open monologue, and it's like all of the above, and it just like challenges um everything that happened with the Mark Duggan shooting and communities in general and like racist policing. And um, I picked it this week because I'm doing my dissertation on a divided, a divided London. And obviously one big segment is about social classes and the other big, uh, another big section is about race. And yeah. another big section is about social movements. And I feel like this, this song basically like, it's like a six and a half minute song. A lot of it is literally just speaking. And it's like, and I'm, it's, you know, you know, when the emotional listens, you yeah. get in your feels and you listen to it. It's a bit like that, and um, yeah, I picked it because it applies to all three. And um, Rich three two man, he's so. Do you know what I mean? He's, he speaks. He speaks so beautifully. So that's my song of the week this week. Brilliant. Uh, my track of the week is Astronomy. Astron Astronomy Eight Eight Flight by Black Star and Weldon Irene. Um, purely because Barnsey and his missus were putting out in the car when we we're driving to uni. And it's just like kind of resonated with me massively because talk about being a black superstar and and like yeah that's me. Yeah, no, we can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might you might you might <laughs> be just superstars, but nah, I just like the song, the melody, it's chill, and then it had that energy as well to me, and it just kind of made me feel motivated about my, about my whole future. So wicked, nice. Uh, audio visual. Is this like a film or like a whatever? Uh, really yeah, do. film, TV show, could be a music video, anything. Well, like mine, mine is a YouTube video. Um, best croissant in Paris. Um, by Lewis, who I think is an Italian YouTuber. I, I've never watched anything made by him before. Um, but I saw a clip of this on my TikTok, and I watched a full video and. He, yeah, he just reviews like the top five. Well, actually, four because one of them's closed, sadly. But uh, croissants in Paris, and the beautiful thing about the video is that while he's doing it, they're rioting in the streets around him. So he's like just wow. standing in the middle, oh, just that's incredible. So that's it's just a cool watch. It's amazing. What about you, Ish? Yeah, uh, she's sticking to Paris. Um, the romanticized view of Paris and how we're talking about the French and how amazing that writing. I think the film I'm going to pick is Let In. Oh, I've seen it. 
yeah amazing film man so amazing one of the best films i think personally i've ever seen yeah and, um, yeah it just encapsulates racism we get that is it racism inequality i feel like i'm very much on that vibe at the moment because of the dissertation yeah. i'm writing and it's basically taking up a lot of my time but i think moreover than that before i was thinking about that so much i do just think in general that like it, it, it's so amazing to see paris in an unromanticized way mm, yeah and see, like, the struggle and to see why the people are writing and how fair enough it really is do you know what i mean yeah. and i think that this film and the fact that it has like a black character a jewish character an arab character yeah. like um i was speaking about it with a few of my friends that like a lot of my friends have watched it um and we can all relate to it on different levels like busy jewish for example um yeah. like obviously like i come from like a more like muslim sort of like i'm uh, mistaken for arab quite a lot do you know what i mean so like i feel like it all like resonated with us in different ways but I think it was really beautiful, genuinely like beautiful. And um, you know that scene where he's uh, mixing outside the, the estate. Yeah. What a scene! I sometimes yeah. just watch that when I'm like feeling whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When he steals the car from the guy. And, uh, <laughs> I just think, oh yeah, I love that film personally. I like the black guy. I think he's yeah, great actor. Just incredible, like gen yeah. so like. The way they film that and the way they cast that, all three of the main characters is genuinely it perfectly. Yeah, perfectly. Even when they see the, the when they bump into like the French nationalists at the end. Right. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like that means so much because you know France is a really racist place. Like I'd say yeah. one of the most like yeah. one of the most racist places in um in Europe. Like my um my well, my I went to my cousin's wedding in Strasbourg. It was an Algerian wedding because obviously our side of the family from Pakistan and she, her side are from Algeria. We had to go an hour and a half out of Toulouse. I mean, not Toulouse, sorry, Strasbourg to even get a venue because it's an Arab wedding. They didn't give it, the French authorities just refused to give it to anyone. Yeah. That descent, like it really, and um, yeah, powerful, so powerful. Yeah. And obviously, I think there's still the law where you can't wear a hijab as yeah. well. It's, I think that's crazy. Man. Um, yeah. What's yours? My audio visual is Black Mirror. I've only watched like two episodes. Which one? I watched. Um, so I watched one where it's like you you get given the timer uh, with how many like how long you've got left with the person. So Jesus like, got, Christ, that is like a what one of my favorite Black Mirrors by far. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's the first one I watched. Is that, amazing is that... episode, like oh the DJ all the dates and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a really intense version of Married at First Sight or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was the first one I watched, and obviously. The guy like goes against behind the girl's back and checks it. And yeah. It's pretty intense. And mm. then I watched one where like this girl's trying to make it to her friend's wedding and like um everyone's like in this this dystopian society where you all get rated like out of five. Oh yeah. yeah. Just like in yeah, the yeah. yeah, you've seen that one. Um yeah, and yeah, that's just I really enjoyed that. And I think shout out Black Mirror is a Black it, really, again, it highlights a lot of things. Uh, ones I'd recommend are the one with the bees. I don't know if you've seen that. Okay. The, the one bees. with the bees, and it basically, like, I'm not going to give too much away, but I would really highly recommend that one. And so we've been talking about politics so much in this pod. The first one, the first ever Black Mirror. Okay. About, with the pig, I would also really watch that. Amazing. Just amazing. And if I if I have to just pick one, um, it would probably be, like, the Manhunt one. Um where this woman like wakes up like on her own and like there's all these people just like basically watching her in her house and like watching these people hunt her like that is a good one oh fried <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> 
Oh, that's that's brilliant. Um, just watch them all, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I feel like every actor or actress has been in a um, Black Mirror. Like, it's like the first step. Like, for example, um, what was it? Ah, oh. oh, I can't even remember what the show's called. But um, that show on the BBC about. Let me find it, man. It's jarring. But I just feel like everyone's been on it on, on Black Mirror. What's in Happy Valley, like the bad guy in that is in Black Mirror as well. Yeah, like, I agree that like Black Mirror does seem to be like even someone from Breaking Bad who I really like just happened to be. It's Black Stone, I feel. Black Mirror, yeah, yeah, for sure, and it is good. And also, like if you're an actor, it's a not not bad, not a bad one to have on your reputation, is it? Exactly. Mm. Um. So the thing of the week. So this could be anything from a, mine's today. A quote. I'll get onto that later. But yeah, it could be anything you guys want. Well, mine, mine is. Puzzles like crosswords, Sudoku's, like yeah. Me and my missus, I've I mean I've always done Sudoku's, not really done puzzles, but like me and her today, like not today, like last month or so, just wake up every morning, do a Sudoku together, do a crossword together. Nice, like, it's a good way to start the day. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I'd say so. It's actually my one now. Think about it. It's actually quite similar. Is that me and Biz often um. And I actually did it with Jake the other day as well in the mill. Is that we go and count down the show and just play? Countdown. You know the show Countdown, the channel yeah, yeah, we yeah, play yeah. ourselves, like the numbers around the letters around the stuff, and like whoever gets the most points, the other has to like make dinner or something like that. Oh, that's and sick. just a nice little way to like keep the brain active. Yeah. Yeah, that's sick. Um, I was really enjoying. I played Scrabble with like Rally. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you was... when? Um, it was during Easter in London. Um, I'll play Scrabble with flipping Rally and Alice and all them. Like, they just make up words every two yeah, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're using like abbreviations and like. Yeah, like yeah. it's like, bruv, it's 10 points. <laughs> yeah, not proper words, man. But no, that's <laughs> sick. Um, mine this week, my thing of the week is just a quote from Santa and Dave. And it was like, nights I can't, nights out, I can't remember with some people I can never forget. And I think that's a, that's just a beautiful quote. I feel like kind of encapsulates my whole uni experience and mm. kind of like a lot of things I did in my, in my life as well. Um, just with people I'll, I'll never forget in my life and just getting up to all sorts. Yeah. It's brilliant. Nice. Uh, sports fixture. Right. Um, mine is obviously always going to be a rugby fixture as far as possible. This week it is... For the 29th of April, at one o'clock, England versus France, the women's Six Nations decider. Shit, but is that was that was that what you were expecting? It or was it Ireland? Was um, it always going to be? So England and France are the favourites always, so it should always be the decider, which I think is why it's like safe to the last day. But yeah, until England beat Wales like last week. Um, if Wales beat England that much, this decided would be between Wales and France instead, because Wales turned professional eighteen months ago and have just like really done really well since then. That's like, amazing. Growth has become yeah been really good. Oh shit! Fair enough. Wait, so who's for England the favourites? All right, England. Yeah, they they have fifteen points. France to 14, it's at Twickenham, so England should, like, you know, they've got all the advantages they need. And they are, yeah, favourites. They don't, they don't lose matches, so. That's sick. 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there are actually quite an... I'd probably pick a football one, and there are an array of good fixtures this weekend, actually, as there always seems to be. But I do think that, although I said it, I, although I said Spurs-Newcastle, because that definitely could be very key for the top four, I actually think that Man United-Brighton, the FA Cup semi-final, FA Cup is a, semifinal. Yeah, yeah, it's a big game. Like, Brighton, are, although I'm a Palace fan, I'm supposed to hate them. This year, <laughs> this year, I think Brighton are a fucking good team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they really yeah. love a good team. And um, uh, I think that them be Man United, especially after Man United got turned over last night, they're missing some key players still. I think that's a really, really good game. Sunday at 4.30, I believe it is. And um, 100% be missing training to go watch that. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good choice. Um, Brighton could have a massive say in the um, mm. Premier League title race. Yeah, as well. 100%. Really good team. And on the Premier League title race, my is City versus Arsenal next week. Is that next week? Yeah. 29th of April, I believe it is. Um or yeah, twenty sixth, twenty sixth, twenty sixth. Yeah, so it's like Wednesday. Wow, still Thursday. Um, but yeah, massive Huge. game. Obviously, that is the biggest game of the week. I think that yeah, is speaks, speaks for itself, especially as an Arsenal fan. Like, where are you yeah. gonna watch? Where? Here's the thing: because we know a lot of Arsenal fans at uni, but we're obviously in the middle of Manchester. So yeah, exactly. Thank you. That. Um. So yeah, this could like, it's a great opportunity for us, man. I think we should just. Go and attack. We're yeah, young. Uh, whatever happens this season, I think it's fantastic. And I, I've just enjoyed the journey, man. I'm just happy yeah. we're back where I've not seen us for a while, like majority of my life. So, mm. like, yeah. But yeah, it speaks for itself, man. And it's exciting. I think this season's been again like one of the best seasons I can remember. Like, I think the Premier League just keeps getting better and better. It's brilliant. But. I think I think that's a wrap for today, boys. Wicked. Thanks. So. Been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. I'd thank you to you too. Yeah. As well. Wicked. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Thanks for coming down, Ish. Giving great insight. Getting to know you more. Know you better. For sure. Love. Nice to meet you, H as well. And yeah. You. Thank you, Harry, for today again. As per. I'm just happy to be here. I've I've enjoyed this one a lot. So thank you, boys. Amen. And yeah, so. Thanks for watching, everyone, and we'll catch you guys next week. Uh, love and affection from the boys. Peace. Love. See you in a bit, man. Action. See you in a bit.